continue today talking about the anointing, but I want to go a little bit deeper. As we talk about the anointing, we talked about the anointing being poured out. And we see that in prophesied in Malachi, the spirit's going to be prophet, uh, poured out. The anointing was going to be poured out. And I want to talk today and entitled it, um, smear it and rub it in. We don't have that title up there, though, do we? <laughs> Smear it and rub it in. Um, if you would t- turn to Luke chapter 4. Um, I'm going to start reading in verse 14. Let me just give you the context here. Is if you read the beginning of that chapter, Yeshua is immersed. He goes immediately into the wilderness and is tempted by Satan. Fasted for 40 days, the tempter came. Yeshua said, get lost. We know what he, what he went through. And so then he goes into his hometown, Nazareth. So we're going to pick up the story in Luke 4, 14. It says, Yeshua returned in the power of the Ruach to the Galilee. So he'd been fasting been tempted. He withstood, was empowered, was strengthened by the Ruach HaKodesh. So he returns in the power of the Ruach to the Galilee, and news about him went out throughout all the surrounding region. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone was praising him, and he came to Nazareth, where he had been raised. As was his custom, he went into the synagogue on Shabbat. And if it's Yeshua's custom to go to the synagogue on Shabbat, should it be ours? Amen? Just saying. And he got up, got up to read. When the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Ruach Adonai is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed and to proclaim the year of Adonai's favor. We started talking about the anointing a few weeks ago. What is the anointing? It's a, it's a divine enablement to accomplish supernatural purposes on earth, things you can't do on your own strength. The anointing is the favor to go, the grace to do, the power to be, and the strength to continue. Basically covers every part of our life and our calling. We read some scriptures last week about the anointing and in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament. The anointing was was for the priests and the prophets and the kings. And when they would pour oil over the priests and the prophets and the kings, I mean, they would literally pour a vessel of oil over them. So it just would go down not just into you know we we're very we're very courteous here and we're very you know we kind of put the oil here and we maybe do a little bit of smearing and um but this was like over 
you know, and you have that picture of, you know, the oil of the, the, the just just flowing down over Aaron's beard and and all over his robes and 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 there would be a fragrance that everybody would smell and you knew that he was the king or the prophet or the priest because of what he looked like and what he smelled like and we see in the New Testament. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, it says, He himself gave some to be emissaries, and some as prophets, and some as proclaimers of the good news, and some as shepherds and teachers, and to equip the Kedoshim for the work of service, for building up the body of Messiah. So there's still an anointing. A few weeks ago, we laid hands on, on um, Kent, and then we laid hands uh, even before that on, on, on David and, and, and Laura. There's an anointing. There's a, there's a mantle that is placed on when we apply the anointing. And we use the symbol for oil. And it's to be set apart. Basically, the anointing is to be set apart for a specific purpose. And all of us have an anointing on our lives. All of us have an anointing for a specific purpose. Whatever your calling is, whatever God has put in your heart to do. In, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So the anointing is for all of us now as new covenant believers. And we see the outpouring of the New Testament, of the New Covenant that was prophesied in Malachi and all through the Tanakh. We see it happening in Acts chapter 2. There's an anointing of fire taking place in Acts chapter 2, verse 2. It says, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And tongues of fire spreading out appeared to them and settled on each of them. And so this outpouring, it now rests on us. See, there's a level of anointing on each of us. And when I, it's interesting, I was just reminded this morning, three days from now, September the 17th, today's the 14th, right? It's the 40th anniversary that I came into an encounter with Yeshua. I didn't know him as Yeshua. I knew him as Jesus. And I even struggled with that being raised up Jewish, but it's been 40 years. But I remember when I surrendered and I didn't know anything. I prayed the prayer and this is all new to this Jewish kid, 26 years old at the time. But I knew something changed. I began to think differently about life. My worldview began to change ever so slightly in some areas. Some, some areas, huge areas, delivered from drugs immediately. So there was an anointing that took place. I didn't know the word anointing. I didn't know what that meant. But I knew there was an anointing that, that something had changed. I began to th see things differently, think differently, behave differently. I began to share my testimony with others. So that's what I'm talking about, that anointing that comes upon all of us. But what I want to talk about today is a covering or the smearing over and the marinating, the being rubbed in, the, the anointing being rubbed in, the smearing and the rubbing in. You see, the Spirit wants to cover us with his anointing. There's so many scriptures, and we see in the Psalms the anointing. And that word mashach 
it means to anoint, and it's also the root for Mashiach, the anointed one. Yeshua being the anointed one, and that actually is coming from that smearing over and rubbing in. That's where that term Mashiach comes from, Mashiach. In Psalm 105, and it's interesting because the context of, 100, of Psalm 105 is that God remembers his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And then he goes on to say, you know, he, no one is going to oppress these descendants of Abraham. Matter of fact, it says in Psalm 105, verse 15, he says, Touch not my anointed ones, and do my prophet no harm. So there's an anointing on each and every one of us. So I want to talk for a few minutes about the smearing over of the anointing. I love that term. And I wish we had enough oil here to smear everybody, to just start pouring it out. Wouldn't that be fun? It'd smell good in here. It'd be kind of a mess. We'd have to probably pay for the cleaning up of it. That's the culture we live in, but I think that's what, you know. But anyways, that, that term to smear over or actually the anointing, it's a term that shepherds use. It's, it's actually the shepherds would do this in the Middle East back in the old times, in the, in the ancient times. See, they would take their sheep and they would smear their sheep, their oil, uh, over with, with this to protect them from insects. You see, there was this, this, this fly, and it was called a nasal fly. And it would attach itself to the head and to the nose and bore itself into the sinuses and into the brain of the sheep. And so these shepherds, and, and this is amazing because David was a shepherd, so he talks a lot about the anointing because he understood it. He knew what he did. He would, they would bathe this, the sheep with this anointing, this special covering of uh, its, its oil and sulfur and fragrant, and fragrant um, um, in, incense and things like that to protect the sheep from these flies. Because what would happen if the sheep wasn't, wasn't protected, they would because of these, 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 um, these nasal flies, they would bang their heads on rocks or trees to find relief. And that's not good. That's not good. And, and so this mixture of olive oil and sulfur and spices was smeared on their foreheads and their ears and their nose. Isn't that interesting? The anointing on their forehead, their ears, and their nose. Psalm, and Psalm 23, 5, we have a picture of this. And maybe you can understand it. You know, we, we understand the Psalm 23, you know. Um, he says in verse 5, he says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. You see, with that anointing, we're smeared with this oil. So those enemies, those nasal flies, they don't attack us anymore because we're smeared with that anointing oil. Supernaturally, it protects us against the attacks of the enemies. And that's what the anointing does. It protects us, protects us when we're attacked. But we need to remind ourselves when we're under attack. It doesn't say you will not be attacked. But when you're attacked, we need to remind ourselves when we're under attack that where does our help come from? The anointed one, the Mashiach. From where does my help come from? Who is my defender? When we're attacked, remember it says, you know, do not, you know, do not attack my anointed ones, okay? But we're going to be attacked. And when we are attacked, 
Somebody accuses us of something. We need to know that when we're attacked, we run to the rock of our salvation, Yeshua. But we also say, Lord, is there any truth in this attack that's coming against me? Now, we're not to be attacked. I mean, I'm not encouraging us to attack somebody. But when we are, if there's any truth in there, ask the Lord to show us that truth and, and do what we need to do. If it's a repent or ask forgiveness, whatever truth. Sometimes those attacks come and there's a little bit of truth. We need to deal with that. But then let God be our defense on the things that are untrue when that anointing comes. See, that anointing, that smearing over, it gives us power over the obstacles that we're facing. And it gives us an ability to overcome the problems that, that, encounter, that we encounter. The anointing has a fragrance, too. The anointing has a fragrance. Did you know that we have a fragrance? And some of us are going, yeah, I've got a fragrance. No, but there's an anointing. There's a fragrance with the anointing. And I, I've been places where the Holy Spirit is moving and the glory has come. We're going to talk about the glory and the glory has come. But, and I've smelled the Holy Spirit. Has anybody else had that? I've smelled the Holy Spirit. And this is so, so, it doesn't happen all the time. But even this morning, I was, I was going over some notes and, and I smelled this. That was, it was, it was, the, whole, it was the Holy Spirit. I know it was. There was an anointing on his word as I was reading his word. It's there. There's an anointing on us. Excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. It happens a lot up here. You know, I know it happens during our service, but it also happens on the Sunday service too. There's an anointing and you can, it's tangible. It's real. It's real. Interesting. Second Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 14 says, but thanks be to God who in Messiah always leads us in triumphal procession, always leads us in triumphal processions, even when we're attacked. And through us reveals everywhere the aroma of the knowledge of himself. So through us and through the knowledge of who he is, it's being revealed and it's being extended to others. For we are the aroma of Messiah of God, to God. Did you know that? God smells us. Others may smell us, but God smells us, and we're a pleasant aroma to him among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. You see, with that anointing, we are that fragrance to God, that fragrance. You know, along with the anointing, you know, at the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, uh, in the temple in Jerusalem, you know, they would burn the incense, and I shared this last week, and there is that smell. You know, and what is the altar of incense to represent? The prayers of the saints going up to God. And, and that, that smell of that going up, imagine that altar of incense being burned 24 hours a day. And you could smell the incense all the way down into the city of Jericho, which is about 16 miles away. You can smell the temple, the presence of God all the way down. If you've driven from Jerusalem down to the Dead Sea and Jericho is right at the Dead Sea, that's about 16 miles. You can smell the presence of God. That's the anointing. That's the anointing. Psalm 
See, the anointing sets us apart as a testimony of God's favor on our life. And Luke 4.19, I read this earlier. He has anointed me to proclaim the year of Adonai's favor. Are you walking in the favor of God? Because we have the favor of God. Are we receiving that favor of God in our lives? Do others sense his favor on you? So that's the smearing over. And I love that picture of the sheep and the oil on the sheep. And then there's the marinating, another level of the anointing, going deeper. You know, there's nothing better if you like steak. And I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not a vegan, so I like a steak. And there's just something about a steak that has been marinated for like aged in whatever they age it with and whatever they marinate it with. And it's just like, you know, when that, you know, that first you cut into it and it's like butter and it's just, and it tastes because it's so tender. It tastes, you're all getting hungry now. We don't even have, we don't even have our own egg today and we wouldn't have steak anyways. Maybe we would, but just think about that. And that's a level of anointing that's being rubbed into every pore of our existence. You see, that level of anointing, that being rubbed in anointing, it's a place the flesh cannot take us where God wants us to go. Let me say that again. The flesh cannot take us where God wants us to go. And so that rubbing in, that marinating in the anointing, it's dealing with core issues in my life, going deep into my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, and deep into my very spirit, my kishkas. And you see, this is why this time of the year, it's so important. This Elul, it's a time of searching our hearts. It's not just something, hey, the calendar says do this, and so we have the high, high holidays and do this religious ritual. No, it's saying, God, search my heart. Lord, reveal my flesh. Reveal my flesh. And if anybody has never heard my definition of flesh, flesh is me getting my needs of love, acceptance, and value using my own resources, strength, and abilities independent of God. That's what flesh is. When Shaul, when Rav Shaul talks about the flesh in the New Testament, not talking about flesh and blood, he can be talking about it, but in some sense, he's talking about that, that, the, that coping mechanism where I try to get things, my love, my acceptance, my value, using my own strengths, abilities, and resources, independent of God, and we're all capable of doing that. And God says, you got to see your flesh. And a matter of fact, in Galatians 5.24, it says, Now those who belong to Messiah have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. He shows us of our flesh. And I remember when I first started hearing about the flesh and realizing I had flesh, I thought it was perfect. I thought I was one of those people that just had no issues in my life, right? <laughs> I always look over to my wife. No, and, and, but I started learning what the scriptures say about flesh, and I asked the Lord to show me my flesh, and man, it was ugly. But there was no condemnation. There was like, this is what I have, I've spent a lifetime developing that, flat, that flesh. We all do. But then you come into a realization that the flesh ain't going to get us to where God wants us to go. And he says, 
I want you, because I've given you the Holy Spirit in you, you deal with the flesh. As a matter of fact, it says you kill the flesh. You crucify the flesh. Those passions and desires that are ugly, that are not pleasing to him, you have the ability through the Ruach HaKodesh to crucify them, to kill them. We do. It's an ongoing process. And I got good news and I got bad news. The good news, it's going to be an ongoing process. The bad news, it's going to, t- it's going to be an ongoing process. It's going to take all of our life. Hopefully less and less the flesh is a hindrance to our walking in the spirit. Because you know what the scriptures, especially in the New Testament, we read this a lot where it says walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. Who's he talking to? He's talking to believers, followers of Yeshua. Walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. Walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. Which tells me I have the option. I have a choice. I can walk after the flesh or in the spirit. Well, the anointing, this being rubbed in, goes into that deeper, deeper, the kishkas of my life, that into to dealing with those areas in my life, in my soul, in my body, in, my, in, in the areas that I've been struggling with. And it's, it's where we engage our mind and our will and our emotions to do this. We can change our thinking, because how many of you have stinking thinking? Okay, at least in one area or not. You might have stinking thinking, okay? And you know it's stinking thinking. And you know what the truth is. And you have to practice walking in the truth to replace that stinking thinking with the truth of God's word. That's work on our part, but it's a good work. It pays off in the long run. That's what I mean is adjusting our thinking. That's going deeper, going deeper. 